you're listening to the Birth Prep Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. Today we are chatting about preparing your body for birth. And this is part of a three-part series that I'm doing, preparing your mind, your body, and your team to best support you and the goals that you've set for your birth. And this is something that I wanted to put together for you guys. This is what I walk my clients through when I am doing birth prep coaching one-on-one. And I think it's really important information to have. Now, this one I want to preface, this is probably the least important one. And I know a lot of people don't like when I say that (laughs) because they don't they're like, yeah, my body is doing all the work that day. And I'm like, yeah, your body is doing all the work that day, but your body already knows what to do. So there's not much actual preparation that goes into preparing your body. There are things we can do and then we'll chat about those, but your body literally knows what to do. And we've been conditioned to think that our body doesn't, that this is a medical situation, that we need help doing this, that our body doesn't know what to do. Our body wasn't made for this. And that's kind of like the overarching belief of the birth industry right now. And that's just not true. Your body created an entire human being without any instruction an organ to support that human being, one that is literally disposable, your body is amazing. Your body knows what to do. We need to give her a little bit more credit. All that to be said, there are a few things that we're going to chat about today that can be done, don't have to be done. They're absolutely not required of you, but they're things that have been known to help prepare the body for birth. The things we're going to go over are either things that you need to be aware of, how they function and how they work, even practicing them before your birth so that you can implement them during your birth. And then there are other things that we'll be chatting about that are just like preparing your body for birth, like with breathing exercises and pelvic floor exercises and things like that. Those things are things that are going to take, you know, a couple weeks, ideally a couple months of preparation work. So I jotted down a couple things. I'm just going to go through these really quick. These are things that I chat with my clients about in preparing their body for birth and things that we kind of work on, things that we kind of discuss their strategy around if they want to implement these things in their experience or not. And I think it's really helpful. So so I've been saying this is like the DIY Cliff Notes condensed version of what I walk my clients through. So this should help you on your preparation journey if you are willing to put in the work. Preparing for your birth experience doesn't guarantee your results by any stretch of the imagination, but your odds of success just go up and up the more you prepare your mind, your body, and your team. I personally want to give myself and my baby the best chance of success that day. And my definition of success might not look like yours, and that's okay. There is no right way to birth. There is only a right way for you. And I am not in your shoes, and I cannot make any of those decisions for you. This is your birth, your experience. And if preparing for your birth is something that you're wanting to implement in your experience, I am here for that. I hope these are helpful episodes for you. This is part two of the three-part series, preparing your mind, body, and team for your dream birth experience. Let's start with pelvic floor exercises. This is something that I implemented last time to number one, help my peeing problem that I had after birthing three children. My pelvic floor was trash. I never did anything about it. I just thought that that was the rite of passage. And as a mother, I would pee my pants for the rest of time. And that is not true. You can do exercises. There's pelvic floor therapists. There's restorative measures they can take. If it's an extreme situation, you can get help for that problem. You don't have to live like that. So I'm just throwing that out there because I didn't know that for a while, (laughs) a few years. And I peed my pants and it was a problem. And I hate 
hated it. So that was one reason why I wanted to implement some pelvic floor exercises. But another one was because I had the goal of not tearing during my last birth experience. Now, up until that point with, with my three previous babies, I had always torn vaginally and it was rough and I hated it. And I finally realized that there were women creating that result for themselves. Even after having that experience, my brain had a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that like, Hey, you, this has always happened and this has always been this way, but it doesn't have to be this way. And here's some things that you can do to best set yourself up for success. You know? So that's something that I implemented in support of my goal for not tearing with my fourth baby. I personally just did some simple Kegel exercises. I would set a timers or like calendar events, repeating calendar events every day in my phone. And they would go off a couple times a day and I would start to do them. And then I would do them until I forgot to do them. And there was no rhyme or reason to them. There was no, it wasn't anything fancy. It was very like low effort and it helped a lot. And I have now learned that there are a lot better exercises that you can do to help strengthen your pelvic floor. And I don't know if kegels can be harmful in some sort of way, but it worked for me. Um, But I will be trying to implement some different, better exercises this pregnancy. I'm going to be trying like some bridges. There's a lot of different variations of bridges that you can do and some are better for your your pelvic floor. Um, And then I'm going to be doing like deep squats and oh, also my yoga ball, which I love for pregnancy. I think it is a necessity. And I want to do like pelvic tilts on the yoga ball. I usually, I have done that in the past. Like I would roll on my, on my yoga ball a lot and like do like counting like reps of like tilts and stuff. So I don't know. I may have done those in the past, but not like officially. (laughs) So those are some things that I'm going to try and I'll of course report back and let you guys know how it went. (laughs) I have the same goal again of not tearing. Obviously, it was magical last time. Highly recommend putting in the effort to make that happen because it was great. (laughs) And I'm hoping to make it happen again this time. Number two, I think you should be practicing your labor and delivery positions that you might want to implement. Of course, in the moment, you are going to do whatever feels most comfortable. But practicing those, especially with your birth partner, birth team beforehand is really helpful. That way you're not trying to figure things out in the moment. You're like, oh, well, we can try this and we can try this and you've already tested them before and your partner knows what to do and it just is going to help things move a lot smoother and hopefully avoid, you know, any frustration or whatever, trying to figure things out. You don't want to be the girl Googling like different labor positions while you're in labor. (laughs) I mean, you can be that girl, but I... I think it's better to inform yourself beforehand. (laughs) I love using upright labor positions. I think they really help baby engage into the pelvis and get ready to go down and out of the birth canal. Um, I like to stand when I'm in early labor. I like to sway back and forth. I usually hang on my husband or put my hands against the wall and kind of like lean on the wall for support during contractions. Uh, My husband does like some hip squeezes if I need I, they're like mandatory once I get to transitional labor, but I have him nearby always ready for hip squeezes if I need them because those are magical for me. (laughs) We'll talk about those in a second. I think sitting on the yoga ball, bouncing on the yoga ball is really nice. I used to use the peanut ball in the hospital. That was helpful, especially when I wanted to rest and I could lay down and still get in a decent position to help the pelvis open. When I get towards the end, I really like to be on my hands and knees. I labored in the tub last time, so I was resting on the top of the tub. 
or the wall of the tub, I guess. And before when I would birth in the hospital, I would rest on the top of the bed. You don't keep move the bed and I moved the top of it up so I could rest on the back of there. My husband comes in with the hip squeezes, saving the day, counter pressure vibes. And that's just how I like to end my labor. And that's how I gave birth last time too, which was really fun. It was also how I intended to birth my third baby before I was made to get on my back to push her out. But that's a different story for a different day, girl. We'll talk more about this next week when we talk about preparing your team, but practicing these labor and delivery positions with your birth partner. Even if you think you're going to do them by yourself, practice them anyways with your birth partner, with your birth team, whoever is going to be there to support you. Um, Just so if in the moment you need help getting into those positions, like you don't know what you're going to be experiencing, um, you might have gone through this before, but you still never know, right? So I think it's important to practice those with somebody who can help you get into them if needed. And of course, there's a lot of great um, positions that your partner can help you and assist you with and be it there as a support. Next, we're going to chat about breathing exercises. I don't think you have to do anything fancy here. I just try to strengthen my lungs. I do like an inhale for four, exhale for eight, and then sometimes I'll up it if I need to. I mean, the lungs run out of room near the end. Like, let's just be honest. There's not much room for your lungs when there's a whole baby inside of you. Um, but we can practice our breathing and strengthen those lungs as best they can be because keeping our breathing on track is incredibly important. Practicing breathing, I think is even more important. Like the breathing exercises I like to do, quote unquote, are breathing during like high stress situations or trying to relax and breathe in situations where it should be anything but relaxing, right? And I'm just trying to focus on keeping myself calm in chaos, basically, because that's what I'm going to be doing for my birth situation. So I think that that's an even more powerful exercise than actually like the counting and all that stuff. And that's great. It's good to do, but it's not necessary. There's a lot of like Lamaze birth prep class breaths that they teach you like the like all those and it's just like I don't think they're necessary I think they serve a place I think if you want to implement them that's great but I don't think they're required of you but they're an option if that's something you want to implement I told this story on the live stream yesterday on TikTok but I'll tell it again it's a good one it shows the power of what breathing can do when I was having my first baby they were doing cervical checks Not something I personally opt for now, but I did at the time, and I was at six centimeters at one point, and then two or three hours later, they checked me again, and I was still at six centimeters, and they were getting concerned because I was at the point where my breathing was all over the place. I was kind of hyperventilating, and I was also like, the pain was getting really difficult for me. I was like blinded by pain. Like I thought that was always an expression that's like, oh, a funny expression, whatever, blinding pain, ha No, it was like I was looking through straws and I didn't know what time it was. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know who was there. I didn't know anything. It was so stressful and I would not wish that upon anybody. But I was at that point and my breathing was all over the place. And around that time when they had checked me again and I hadn't progressed, They pulled my husband to the side, which basically meant he fell off the face of the earth to me because, again, I was in that situation. It was like if he wasn't touching me, he disappeared and he was gone. She pulled him aside and was basically like, listen, we're probably going to prep her for a C-section here soon if she's not progressing anymore. 
Um, we're going to come back in, you know, X amount of time and see if not, we're going to go ahead and wheel her back to the OR and finish things up with a C-section. And my mom was basically like, and thank God she was there because she wasn't supposed to be there. And she has since been at all my births now, but she stepped in and she was like, oh, hell no. Like, right. Like over her dead body was that going to happen. And she kind of coached my husband to help me get my breathing back on track. Although I was still in so much pain, getting my breathing on track helped me feel more clear. It helped things seem more manageable. I was less freaked out. The like crazy, awful thoughts of like, you're going to die today, like kind of subsided a little bit. And my whole body like relaxed and I was in such of a less panic state, which when your body is trying to give birth to an entire human being, it is wanting to open and relax so that baby can come out the way it's intended to. And the amount of tension that was in my body from the panic, from the overwhelm, from the straight up fear was not doing me any favors. It was making the pain so much worse and it was just making the experience pretty unbearable. And my body was not opening and releasing like it was supposed to be doing. And after that, I progressed pretty quickly. In other words, I avoided the C-section they were telling me I was going to have to have. Another thing you can do to prepare your body for birth is perineal massage. And this isn't something that I have ever implemented, so I don't have any personal experience doing this, but I have heard wonderful things from lots of mamas. The point of perineal massage is to prepare your perineum to stretch better during the birthing process so that you can either avoid tearing or minimize the severity of the tear. Essentially, you are strengthening the elasticity in the perineum which is the space between your vagina and your anus. And it kind of just work, you work the skin. So it's, it's better prepared to stretch that day. This is usually done in the weeks or months leading up to birth. You can look this up. You can figure out the best way that you want to do this. If this is something you want to implement again, it's not something that I have any personal experience with, but I have heard wonderful success stories and people think that it really helps. And I, I totally see how it could. The next couple things aren't things you necessarily have to prepare your body for ahead of time, but they are things that you can do for your body in the labor and delivery space. And you're obviously going to want to know about them before birth gets here. So I think these things are important. I don't think they're hundred percent necessary, but I do think they can help depending on the birth experience that you are aiming for. First, we're going to chat about some natural pain management practices. Now, there's a common misconception that if you are not going natural, if you're not choosing a quote-unquote natural delivery experience, that you shouldn't even look at these. And that's not true. You can use these alongside of medication. You can use these alongside the epidural. You can use these in any birth scenario that you want to. And I think that these can be really helpful, especially depending on what kind of labor experience you're having in the moment. Um, they're just good to have in your toolbox. The you have lots of different things to try that day, especially if you've never gone through it. You don't know what you're going to like. You don't know what's going to work for you. So I think these things are good to have just ready if you want or need them in the moment. Do yourself a favor and look into how your pelvis functions. Your pelvis has an inlet and an outlet. The top would be the inlet. So baby is going into the birth canal at this point. They do the stations for measuring the stations where baby's head is at in the pelvis and dilation is occurring, your pelvic floor is moving out of the way, etc. There's a lot of stuff happening. But when baby is coming in, you can basically manipulate your pelvis and get that 
top part as wide as possible to let baby in. And then once labor transitions and is going into where it's almost time for delivery and baby is lower and stationed well, and your cervix is fully dilated or almost there, you are going to be switching to opening the outlet of your pelvis. And we can manipulate our pelvis during our labor and delivery experience to help us do this. Number one, it's going to help baby come down and out a lot easier. Number two, it's going to alleviate a lot of our pain. There are different positions that you can put your body into to help shift the pelvis. And there are also some hands-on techniques like hip squeezes and providing counter pressure to your sacrum, which is going to lift your tailbone out of the way. There are a lot of different things that you can do to shift things for you that day. And I think it's good information to have, even if you don't end up implementing it, um, just having it in your toolbox ready to go is a smart move in my opinion. I strongly urge all of you to educate yourself on how the female body actually works to birth babies. This is not something that is common information in the birth industry, unfortunately. It is not taught to the majority of our healthcare providers. They are taught how to solve the problem, quote unquote, that pregnancy is in their eyes. And I think if they had just a little bit more understanding of how the female body actually functions to birth babies, that we'd get a lot better support in the birth industry and we'd have a lot more informed consent and we'd have a lot more evidence-based care and that's just not the reality and that's okay it's good information to have we can shift the dynamic for ourselves by educating ourselves i can't change the birth industry overnight it didn't get this way overnight it's a crap show if you ask me and i think it needs a lot of help and I am helping in the best way I know how, which is educating mothers on different options, right? You don't have to choose these ways that I teach. You don't have to implement these strategies, these toolbox tools, as I like to call them. You don't have to do any of that. But I think these things are helpful. I think it's good information to have. And I think they're worth trying. And in a world where we are taught to fear birth and we are taught that something is wrong with us and we are taught that we need help, I just want to shed light on what the truth actually is. Anyways, let me get off my soapbox because I wasn't planning on going on that rabbit trail today. <laughs> I do that enough, right? Um, but that, back to our natural pain management practices. Different labor positions during different times of your labor can be great pain management. Yes, they serve a dual purpose. They are helping baby descend into the birth canal. They are helping to keep the cervix dilating, all of those things, but they can be an incredible pain relief option too. A pain relief option that I'm excited to try this next time is holding, squeezing, I guess I should say, squeezing a comb in your hand where the bristles are against your palm. And you have to hold it a certain way. You could probably Google it pretty easily, but you're supposed to squeeze it so that those bristles are pushing on pain receptors in your hand and they kind of take the pain away from your body. And I have never done this before, but I've heard wonderful things about it and I am excited to try it. It's so simple. It sounds so simple, but I get the logic behind it and I get how that could work. And I'm interested to see how it goes for me. So you might want to add a comb to your birth supply list. They're cheap. They're easy to get a hold of. They don't take up much space. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to try it. We'll see how it goes. I've seen recently on the interwebs, um, women holding ice for a minute long, like a contraction. And I guess it's mostly to like train their mental to like keep the ice in their hand, even though they want to put it down. And because obviously you can't stop a contraction from happening in the moment. So it's kind of like a mental workout, I guess. Um, it also might have some science behind it for like pain receptors in your hand. I don't know. I haven't looked into it that much. I don't know if that's something I would ever implement, to be honest with you. <laughs> It sounds like torture. I've seen these women like doing it with their birth partners. So like their birth partner can understand like what they're going through and how much like mental energy that it takes to stay, stay 
you know, level-headed through contractions and all that. So I think it's, it's fun. I don't know if it's for me, um, but it might be beneficial for you. So I just wanted to throw that out there today. We're going to finish soon. I promise. I want to chat really quick about supporting your body during the labor and delivery experience. It is very rare for us to be quote unquote allowed. You can do whatever you want. PSA. Um, but we are told all the time that we are not allowed to fuel our body with food and hydration other than, you know, clear liquids. And even then, like they didn't even let me chug water. They just gave me ice chips and it was just like, you have to do these things. We're going to give you all your hydration through a needle. And it's just kind of the way the birth system is set up, but I don't agree with it. I think there's a lot of evidence in giving our bodies what they need can help our bodies do what they need to do. When our body is asking for things like food and rest and hydration, I think that we should be giving them those to help our body have their best chance of success. If you're delivering at the hospital, especially, it is very rare for them to offer rest as like, hey, your body's not progressing. Let's rest. Your body probably needs to rest or, you know, whatever, but they keep you on this timeline and they keep you moving through and they just push push through it. You could do it. You have to do it. You just have to get through it. It's going to be over soon. And I don't think that that's necessarily the vibe for everybody. I think sometimes during the labor process, our bodies need a chance to relax and rest. With my last baby, I was having contractions for several hours and they were at that 511 rule where you would typically be told to go to the hospital. Instead of calling my midwife and being like, hey, you need to get here. Labor is happening. I was like, "Mm, maybe I should take a break and rest because it's now gearing towards the middle of the night. I worked all day. I dealt with kids all day. I just cleaned my house for this birth experience and now I'm really tired and I don't think my body is ready to do what it is going to be eventually doing. And I know that. Um, and I'm not saying that I stopped the contractions, but the contractions pretty much subsided and I slept for way longer than I anticipated. I was planning on like, you know, an hour or two nap, just trying to get some rest in. I slept the whole night and I woke up at like nine o'clock in the morning and you know what happened? My contractions started right back up again and went right back to what they were, the intensity and all that stuff. It took no time at all (laughs) to get back to where I was. And I do think that I was experiencing contractions during the middle of the night. I didn't really wake up too much. Um, and I don't think they were that intense, but I was able to give my body the rest that it needed. And I truly believe that that set me up for success for my labor experience the following day. I also continued to eat and drink whatever I wanted during my labor experience. It got to the point where I didn't want anything else. Um, as far as like food that I just wasn't in the mood and I wasn't thinking about that kind of stuff and that's fine. But during a point where normally if I would have gone to the hospital the night before, I wouldn't have gotten to eat anymore at that point. And I wouldn't have gotten my Chick-fil-A breakfast. (laughs) Was that the most healthy option? No, of course not. But it was, it was good and it was a fun time. All that to be said, I think you should be listening to your body, especially over your healthcare provider. I get that they might have the purest intentions and they truly honestly want to help, but they don't know what your body is going through and your experience is unique to you. And I want you to be able to listen to your body and give it what it needs, whatever that looks like. It's just something I would be aware of going into your experience. I also think, I mean, resting, relaxing, all those things, like that's important to do in the moment if you need that to happen. But I also think just realizing how your body feels when you are resting and relaxing leading up to your birth situation. Obviously it's easier said than done to relax and rest in your ninth month of pregnancy. (laughs) I've been there a few times. I get it. It's uncomfortable. 
rest isn't really a thing. You feel very uncomfortable all the time. Um, but I think it's important to kind of realize how rest feels in your body and what relaxing feels like and what your body is doing when you are in that relaxed state, because that's what you're going to want to replicate in the delivery room. Your body needs to relax in order for everything to open the way it needs to for baby to come down and out. And I think it's just important to kind of just start realizing how your body feels when you are in that relaxed state. You can do this when practicing your breathing exercises. You can do this when doing your pelvic floor exercises, practicing that, Hey, I'm relaxed right now. Everything is great. We're focusing. We're going inward. We have a great positive mindset. Maybe you're reading your birth affirmations just practice feeling what that feels like in your body. And just, it's going to be so much easier to go there when you know what it feels like. That was a lot of stuff. I hope there was some good information in there for you and you feel more confident in preparing your body and supporting your body during the labor and delivery process. Again, there isn't much prep work to do because your body knows how to do it all. Your body knows exactly what to do to birth your baby. But as we've just discussed, there are plenty of things that you can do to support your body if you want to implement these things. Pelvic floor exercises, practicing labor and delivery positions, um, breathing exercises, strengthening those breathing muscles, and really just the mental behind things. Um, fueling your body with food and hydration and rest, relaxation when you need it. Um, perennial massage. That might be something you want to implement. Natural pain management practices. There are lots of different options for this. Um, hip squeezes. Ca- uh, what is the counter pressure? That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> Labor positions. Um, the comb trick. I think that's going to be fun to try. Lots of different options. Look into some to see what you want to stick in your toolbox for that day um, and just really start listening to what your body is telling you and try to just best support her during this time. She's going to be going through a lot. She's going to be doing a lot for you and for your baby. And even after the fact in the postpartum realm, just try to do your best to support her as best that you can. I think that about wraps things up. Next, we're going to be chatting about preparing your team, which I love chatting about this. It's something that people skip a lot and they don't really prepare their team properly. And I'm like, have you set expectations? Have you had these conversations? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, um, no. I'm like, okay, girl, it's okay. It's not a problem, but we should do that. We should just make sure everybody's on the same page. It helps a lot. I just want you to be best supported by your brain, by your body and by your team. And this series has been really fun so far. I thank you guys for tagging along with me. If you want help with this work that we've been chatting about, this is a lot of work and it's good work and you can totally do it by yourself. But if you want help, I offer coaching and I walk moms through this process over several weeks and we really hone in on their birth preparation strategy and work together to help them prepare things to best support them in their goals. If that sounds like something you're interested in, you can book a free consult call. I will put the link in the show notes for you. I'm also going to put the link to my TikTok account in there because I've been doing TikTok lives um, pretty often at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's not a daily thing, but it's pretty close. So I would love to hang out with you over there, answer any questions that you have, get to know you, chat about your pregnancy. I love chatting about this stuff and I would love to hang out with you over there. That's it for today. Next, we'll be chatting about preparing your team. I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. Happy prepping.